Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Colin Nesla, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. Well, the paper that we're going to discuss right now, its title is Count Me In, a sports participation intervention promoting inclusion for young people from migrant backgrounds in Australia. And it has two authors, Dana Young and Karen Block, both from the University of Melbourne in Australia. So, I mean, really interesting piece of research investigating social issues using sport as a platform. So it's nice. It's really nice what they did. I completely agree today. I saw this paper on ResearchGate and very often I do not click on the stuff that is recommended over there. But here, the title got me interested really because it was an intervention and I work somewhat in this area and I think Carlos and my experience that have been in this area, we're more focused on adults, but I think what they're doing here really makes a lot of sense. So what is the problem? What do they want to do? So in Australia, like in many other countries around the world as well, a large part of the population is foreign born. So in Australia, it's mostly first and second generation migrants that make, I think in the paper, they mentioned about 40% of the population. So that's a huge share. And they say what they want to do is they want to integrate these people into society and a straightforward and easy method for that is sports clubs. Why? Because you go to a sports club, you interact with locals or with other people, and then you get into their social network, you extend your own social network. So it's beneficial for the natives and for the foreigners as well. And additionally, because it's a sports club, it's good for your health. And obviously, if your health is poor, then it has a negative effect on you. Like you're more likely to have depression. And they even say that you're more likely to suffer from, I don't know, thinking about suicide or being suicidality. I don't know how to pronounce that. So what they wanted to do, they focused on kids and they say, okay, we want to get more kids, especially migrants, to participate in the local sports clubs, in local sports teams. And they say that those migrants, they often face difficulties when they want to join a team. Like, where's the information? How much does this cost? And stuff like this. So their aim is to increase sports club participation. But what is their method, Carlos? The method is actually what they're trying to do is quite complex. I hope I do a good job explaining everything they did and how they approached this problem. What you said, Cornell, they are trying to tackle these barriers that some people from certain backgrounds have when they try to be socially integrated and they do through sports clubs. They built something that they called an action research project. This means that they really go out there talk to the people, try to find partners and try to build a program to allow all these kids with a different background to join the program and the clubs. First, I have to say they get an ethical approval from the University of Melbourne. I think it's important to say also for our listeners that for this type of research, you normally have to ask for an ethical approval. And the aim of the paper is to report on a lot of qualitative evaluations and fundings that they have before and after the program. But what is the program itself? So the program tried to create a network of different agents um, 
to improve the access to sports clubs. A key element of this is partnerships with local organizations and clubs, also information resources. Uh, they try to get parents from the kids on board who volunteer. And a key component of all this is what they call a community support coordinator. These are people that will receive feedback from all the other agents um, adjust the actions, inform the researchers, and coordinate some other steps, right? And this is very important for the project team to learn about what's going on and to respond to these changes if that was necessary, right? Perhaps I have also to tell a little bit about the contest. Cornell talked about the whole Australia. These authors focus on a very local place, right? So they focus on a northwest region in Melbourne, and this region is also interesting. It has very unique characteristics. There's a high proportion of Muslims in this region, about 60%, who actually don't speak English. They speak a different language. And the sports clubs in this region do not reflect this diversity that they have in the region. And that is a little bit the goal of the researchers to bridge this gap between the diversity they have in the community and the diversity that the sports clubs have. How do they get the kids to participate in the program or to convince the families? They have two of these community support coordinators that have ties in this community. So they know the people in the community and they are in charge of attracting the families and the members to participate in the program. And then for the evaluation of this intervention and um, for the research paper, they run surveys. The surveys are completed by the individuals as soon as they enter the program and also upon they finish the program. So they have these pre and post program surveys. And then they also build on this result with additional qualitative data that was collected over three years. And that includes focus groups with parents and children and also interviews with sports clubs representative. So they try to gather a lot of information from everyone that was involved in the program. And now, Tadeo, what insights can you share about the results of the program? Very good, Carlos. It's like extremely complex methodology, everything they did and you cover it perfectly. Well, just trying to summarize as well, it's like it's a kind of qualitative analysis. So we could be quoting one by one as they did. So for this is really interesting to read the paper. But let's say what for me was very interesting is that 60% of the children is still playing organized sports at the end of the project. So it shows some kind of engagement that they adapted, they enjoyed, and they keep doing sports through these organized ways. So they say about 30% that stop, but at the same time, the authors comment that when they ask these people, they were saying that they still willingness to take part again of sports. So for certain reasons, they had to stop, but they still have interest in, in participating in sports. And about 10% is missing because probably couldn't answer or didn't have time to answer the questions. And what's also interesting to me is that not only those sports that they were doing during the program, like cricket, basketball, football, they were enrolled. But at the end, they start to practice different sports like tennis, squash, swimming, martial arts. So somehow it's not only the sport that they had the chance to practice, but it increased the desire of being physically active. 
So for me, it's a kind of important point. So going to the discussion that they provide, it's like they focus first in the positive aspects that the children and the parents say that, let's say, physical and mental health was a strong point for them, that it increased the children's confidence at the end of the project as well. Many social benefits that say the interaction of these children with these friends and with the family has improved, as well as sports skills. So not only during the practice, but like teamwork, some better decision-making, focus, and persistence. So overall, there are a lot of positive elements that this program brought to the children. However, it's also important to mention the barriers that they faced. So when you're talking about minorities in a foreign country, so they comment that the costs associated with sport practice are high and can be a kind of barrier for them. So not only because that some fees are extremely expensive for low-income families, but also that these particular low-income families would have different priorities when spending their money, and it would lead to a lower practice afterwards. And transportation costs, but not only about costs by distance, and all complexity that is involved in the transport also influence negatively the practice of the sports. And one, let's say, but important negative experience that they had was like lack of knowledge of how sport clubs operate in Australia. So this was a kind of I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it a problem, but was a negative experience that they had, as well as how their culture and their religion would accommodate with gender norms as well in this setting. So as they come from a different background, they have different culture, different religion most of the time. So they face some sexist situations, some discrimination practice that it generate tensions over all this process. So just to summarize kind of in a nutshell, what the authors mentioned is that the sustained participation highly depend on the experience that the families and the children had. And the, also the attitudes of the coaches, other players and other parents. So there are many positive experience related, but still they are struggling with some of them. And the highly caused cultural barriers, and let's say discrimination practice have to be tackled in order to keep them practicing sports in a different country. A few weeks ago, we had this paper that we discussed where they evaluated the program in Germany. And in Germany, what they did is they, they gave them vouchers, but to young kids. And with these vouchers, they were able to go to sports clubs. But what was interesting that they didn't find that it had a long term effect right so and this is what i think it's so fascinating but because here they say that the costs they are really important in the other paper they say costs are important but also it's not everything and for me with my kids i think there's one thing that because i moved now to several different countries and that's really reliable information this is so difficult because if you grow up in one country and you know everything, you know how it works, you know what to expect. For example, if you play football in Germany, you know what you're going to expect. You have to buy new shoes every once in a while, maybe new jersey. But the costs regarding club participation, they are not that high. There are other associated costs. But 
here for me, now my kids, they were playing Taekwondo and there were so many hidden costs that I didn't know about. So it was basically more the information barrier. I didn't know that was annoying and that was hurting me. So I think this is maybe a line for future research that I think is really interesting because I could imagine that migrants, they benefit a lot from more information. I totally agree. And to some extent, I think the authors in this paper, through these information resources that they try to build, they try to tackle this problem. But of course, it's also only one of them. One very positive aspect that I think that they also mentioned is that this type of program, apart from the physical benefit from the kids of participating in sports, they also give the chance to parents and kids to be involved with other people that otherwise they wouldn't, right? So they give the chance to this interaction, which is highly beneficial. Anyways, Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned.